0: there, my name is Erica Browning, and I am blown away by all the places your nursing degree can take you. Here we showcase basic nurses doing some really cool things. My goal is to bring to you ideas, options, and inspiration. Think of this as a fun conversation with a friend where you laugh a ton and leave feeling encouraged and empowered. That nursing degree you worked so hard for is just the beginning. I'm here to show you what is possible this is the Black Sheep Nurse Podcast. Okay. Hi, Ashley. Can you hear me all right? I can. Hi. Okay. Everyone, let me introduce you. This is Ashley Stewart. Um, She has a master's uh, in nursing with a specialty of forensic nursing, and she is located in Canada. And if you've been around a while, we've had multiple forensic nursing nurses, but never... One from Canada. So I'm excited to talk to her to talk about her journey and talk about maybe similarities, differences, that sort of thing. So, her current job, she is the coordinator of the Sexual Assault Crisis Response and Healing Program, and it is a community based program. So, again, if you've been around a while, you've heard there's different kinds of programs they're hospital based, there's community based. And what she works in is a community-based program, and she's the coordinator. And she's also um, adjunct faculty at Duquesne University. So welcome, Ashley. Thanks for coming on.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: And she's been so gracious. I have to say, she just had a baby. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so,
0: yes. Extra, thank you. So I've told everyone where you're from in Canada, but
1: where in Canada? So I'm from a place called Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada. It is right smack dab in the middle of Canada. Um, If you're familiar with North North Dakota, I'm right above North Dakota in Grand Forks, about a couple hours from me. So um, beautiful place, cold in the winter, beautiful in the summer and fall.
0: Yes. And so we were talking before and you said it gets down how low? Oh, minus 25, minus 30. And then there's sometimes wind chill on top of that, so. And then I, um, made sure to mention that I live in San
1: Diego, so. <laughs> <laughs> much warmer. I've visited there in winter and I would much rather spend my winter there. Actually, it's interesting because there's a lot of people from where I live who do spend their winters in Palm Springs, San Diego, Phoenix. It's a, it's a big thing. That's how cold it is.
0: Well, it's the same here. You know, people come from the North and they'll, they don't typically come to California. They'll go to Arizona that's where they go and I have to say I grew up in Texas but I spent a lot of time on the east coast where there were these beautiful seasons I mean the fall in the northeast I have to imagine Canada is the same when it is fall, and you get these bright yellows and reds and oranges and I miss that you don't get that down here so yeah I guess not no it's give and take so Tell us, you were saying before you went into nursing right out of high school.
1: I did. I was 18 when I went into nursing school. I actually took what's called a Bachelor of Psychiatric Nursing. So in Canada, we have a special psychiatric nursing program. And uh, yeah, I started when I was 18 and I think graduated when I was 21. So I've been going at it since. So you leave high school. So it's a bachelor's degree. Is that, you said that's the same?
0: Correct. Four years. Four years. And you can specialize your bachelor's. Like, what are the different specialties? This is off topic, but what can you do?
1: So here in Canada, there's um, a few different nursing degrees. There's a bachelor of psychiatric nursing and then a regular bachelor of nursing. So same as you would have. And then there's a licensed practical nurse, um, which is a shorter program. So the psychiatric nursing is really the only specialized one in in mental health. Otherwise, people take their um, bachelor of nursing very similar to what you would have. Okay. So what led you to the psychiatric specialty? That's a good question. I think initially I applied to both programs and I got into mental health first. I think I also really liked the intersection of of mental health, being able to help folks in that area, but also, you know, getting a flavor of, of a lot of medical nursing as well. So I kind of, I think fell into it at 18. I don't know that you have a lot of Prime or reason maybe on why you go into things and thankfully it's worked out um very well and I wouldn't change it. Yeah,
0: you know, we put so much pressure on 18-year-olds and on ourselves. I remember being 18 thinking that I needed to have it all figured out. And you're a child. I mean, I'm old now, yeah. so I'm like an 18-year-old yeah. is like a child, you know. I agree. I agree. So, we had um a few weeks ago we had Dr. Yamas on and he got He went into, he was psychiatric nursing and he got his NP in that and he loves it. You know, he started in the ER and I was telling him, you know, if you, at least down here, if you wanted to work with psychiatric patients and you were in nursing school and you're like, how can I do that? Well, you had that one semester where, you know, you do that rotation and you're like, Hey, I want to specialize in this. And it's like crickets. It's like, well, good luck with that. Go to the ER and i was telling him and everyone else you know yes you have psychiatric patients in the er you are not caring for these people (laughs) you are stopping you know the crisis and then it's goodbye which is i mean it's just like every other thing in the er but um you don't really get to spend that time and helping them formulate a plan and get better and that sort of thing so
1: um, right i mean is it the same in canada It is the same here. And same with, you know, the regular bachelor of nursing, same, you get one course, one semester. And then if you're going to go into mental health, that's, that's it. That's all you have. Right. Yeah. So you graduate nursing school. What did you do first? So I worked in acute psychiatry. I worked on some inpatient units. I worked in a schizophrenia inpatient unit. I then did what's called electroconvulsive therapy, or ECT. Mm -hmm. So I worked doing that for a bit, probably one of my favorite jobs. And then I did another little clinic job where I gave depot antipsychotics. So people would come see me every few weeks for their injection. And um, yeah, and I started actually doing forensic nursing, casually on call while I was while I was doing some of those programs. And then eventually, left that and and did forensic nursing full-time. Yeah, I think
0: that's how a lot of nurses do it, who get into forensic nursing. They kind of dip their toe in, you know, they're doing something else. It usually, it's typically in the ER and it's not because you need to be an R nurse, that's just where you see it. That's where you're, it and you're like oh hey I see a forensic nurse what is she doing she or he but it's typically she what are they doing and that's how you get started I do want to ask you something before we get into the forensic nursing so you mentioned the ECT electric convulsive Mm -hmm. therapy I have a patient who underwent transcranial magnetic stimulation
1: yes are you familiar with that is that similar at all it's not the same. I'm not I'm familiar with it, but I don't know a lot of, about it. Um when I was doing ECT it wasn't something that was big where I was working, but I'm sure there's some similarities, but yeah, definitely not the same. But yeah. um I have some amount of knowledge of it. But it's uh it's it's remarkable at how well both of those two treatments work for folks uh yeah. in certain conditions. So, I'm very thankful for them. Yeah, he I mean, he went
0: multiple times a week. It wasn't like a one sort of treatment. And then you go, I mean, he was going two and three times a week. I think they could have done up to five, but a schedule just didn't allow for it. And he said it really helped him. So yeah.
1: And Electroconvulsive so- therapy was the same thing. You'd usually come two to four times a week for maybe like 12 treatments. And then,
0: yeah. Wow. Oh, yeah, so- went, Yeah. Sorry, side note, I had to ask about it because I I had never heard of it. I didn't know what it was. It got approved. So I coordinated it. Yeah, Yeah, Okay, so back to you. You get into forensic nursing. Did you start out as a sexual assault nurse like most do or how did you get into it?
1: I started out as a sexual assault nurse and same with that, I kind of fell into it. Um, I actually had a professor in nursing school who did that and I thought it was really interesting because I really liked the aspect of mental health and be, being able to help folks at, um, you know, in crisis or at that point and after a trauma, but also really loved the medical aspect that was brought to the role as well. And um, I first got a job as a casual or what you think call PRN down there as a sexual assault nurse examiner
0: yeah i've spoken to many forensic nurses because there's a tendency to think that forensic nursing um is a little like csi and Mm -hmm. it's not um and specifically in fact all the forensic nurses i've spoken to they're like no you are a nurse this is medical you need to be an expert at head-to-toe assessment you know this isn't figuring out the crime it's something completely different
1: that's, that's so true. Yeah, I think there's a lot of perception that that's what we do. And um, that's collecting evidence is a very small part of what we do. It's, um, you know, just holistically caring for that patient first.
0: Right, because in the program that I was with, you know, you do, you're headed to assessment, and you do collect evidence. But after that, you treat them, you know, with mm-hmm. uh, prophylactic medications, um, antibiotics, or getting them plugged into services.
1: Is that similar in Canada? You do the same thing? Absolutely. And not everyone that comes and sees us wants law enforcement involved. So sometimes you collect evidence, sometimes you won't, but you're right, we're treating the whole patient. Right. So how long were you um, doing that sort of part-time work as a sexual assault nurse? So from 2008 up until 2012, I believe, so about four years, and then I got a role as coordinating the program, and at this point, I was coordinating the one in the hospital, and I did that for 15, 16 years, up until a couple months ago when I got this job um, starting a brand new program and coordinating one in the community. Ashley, how long have you been a nurse? Um... I graduated in 2007, so I don't know, 16 years, 17
0: years. (laughs) I've been a nurse for 12 years. Is it 12? What year is this? It's 12 years, and I'm like,
1: this is, where did the time go? I know. So yeah, so I guess I didn't coordinate for that long, but I was in that program since 2008. So other than one year of my nursing career, I've been a forensic nurse for almost that whole time, so I think maybe... I think in, in May, it's probably 17 years, maybe. But yeah, I've been at, been at that hospital the whole time up until recently. Okay. So, so yeah, it flies by. Gosh, you're right. So you
0: were the coordinator for the hospital based program where you, where you worked. And now you're the coordinator for a community based program.
1: Correct. And it's brand new. So we're just developing and starting it out. So it's really exciting. And it's the first community based program that we have in our province. So
0: I was going to say, how is it typically organized where you're from? Are they typically in the hospitals?
1: Yeah, you know what? Most across all of Canada mm-hmm. are still in a the hospital. Um, there's a couple are in the community. So there's one in Victoria, BC that's been in the community for a while now, and it's very successful. Um, but most of the other ones are in, in the hospital and start out a sexual assault program. Some have expanded to other populations. So um, we're just starting to see a little bit of that, that shift um, to have some community-based care as well.
0: Do you know what is the reason why did they want to start community-based programs?
1: To have more access to care, um, there's a lot of individuals who just don't want to go to hospital. The hospital program I was working in is a very busy hospital. It's a level one trauma center. It's in our inner city. and folks just don't want to go down there. Sometimes they just don't want to go through an emergency room to get care. So um, that, that's the reason, just to provide another point of access. And I think there's recognition that forensic nursing services don't need to be in an emergency department all the time. There is not a lot of our patients that need emergency room care. Some, for sure, but it's definitely not the majority.
0: I wonder, and you can tell me if I'm wrong, but it, it what would make sense to me is patients If they feel like they have to go to the ER, then they might feel pressure to have law enforcement involvement where they didn't want that. And they might not feel that way if they could just go to a community-based clinic and just go in the clinic and say, hey, this has happened. What are my options? Right.
1: Yeah, I do think there's some people that it's just an ele- a different element having to go to an emergency department to get care, you're right, whereas I think way more people may access care if they can just walk into this clinic, right, it's just a little bit less daunting for some folks. Um, Yeah, so I'm interested to see, you know, the numbers we'll see when we open up, we're launching, uh, we're going to go live in the fall. So right around the corner. Um, But we know there's a lot of people that wouldn't come to the hospital program when I was working in it, I would get calls from patients from um, nurse practitioners and physicians in the community who wanted to send a patient and then that patient would never show up or they'd say, Oh, they don't want to go to hospital, can they go anywhere else? So I'm really excited for us to have another option.
0: That's so exciting. So the clinic isn't even open. You're at the start of everything.
1: Correct. Yes. So exciting. Daunting, but exciting.
0: Yes. So tell us as a coordinator, what do you do all day? Like, what do you do? What does that mean?
1: So coordinating, um, when I've been a coordinator, so in the hospital based system, and it'll be the same in the community, I also see patients who do direct patient care. So if someone comes in, if there's follow up, I'll do that. The other things I'm doing are developing practice guidelines, um, coordinating care, coordinating education of the nurses, I do a lot of training. So sometimes that training and education is for other healthcare providers, physicians, and nurses, law enforcement, attorneys, lots of different disciplines. Um, doing some training and onboarding of new nurses and running those courses, um, managing kind of day-to-day operations. So sometimes that's, um, you know, law enforcement picking up forensic evidence, going through the chart, doing chart reviews, peer reviews, making sure our charts are up to date if something needs to be changed, and just always keeping on top of evidence-based practice so that our, our practice stays on top of what the newest research is and seeing how we can implement that in our setting and in our program.
0: Right. Now, another thing that listeners of the podcast may remember is the International Association of Forensic Nurses or nursing. Are you involved with them at all?
1: I am. I'm actually currently the president of IAFN, the International Association of Forensic Nurses. <laughs> president? I, <didn't, laughs> I did not know that. <laughs> no, it's not something you should know. Um, yeah, so this is my second term on the board of directors. Okay. It's been a really great organization. And I will say it has been how I have gotten a lot of education and probably further in the field, because when I first started out, I didn't know there was such a thing or no much beyond sexual assault nursing. And so being able to access the education and the networking there, you had access to other people who do the same thing. And it changes your practice, not to mention the education and learning the other things that we can expand to in our specialty are the other areas of nursing and forensic nursing you never thought were possible so it's been really cool
0: right I love these organizations and I love you know we're talking about forensic nursing so specific for forensic nurses you know when you just graduate nursing school and you're like I just need to get in there and learn I barely know what I'm doing and you just kind of learn and you're like okay I'm a nurse, I've got some experience, I want to do forensic nursing. And you're like, okay, but I need to learn how to do the kit, how to talk to patients, that sort of thing. And these organizations take it a step further and really develop you as a professional, a professional um, forensic nurse, you know, or sexual assault, whatever, you know, people call it wherever they are. I mean, that's what I think. What do you think?
1: They do. And you know, our international association has a certification exam. So it just kind of, you know, ups that level. But even if someone's not going to work in a specific forensic nursing program, you know, there's education that helps you in any area you work with, because it's not to say that if you're working in surgery or medicine or palliative care or emergency, wherever you are, you're going to encounter patients who've been impacted by violence. So even having that training, knowing how to deal with someone um, after a trauma, or if they disclose something, or just giving trauma informed care is helpful in any area. Same as you know, if I'm going to take a course on wound care, you use that in so many areas of nursing. So that's kind of the great things too, about all these nursing organizations is you can access that education that helps you in so many different areas. Yeah,
0: I would say even if you know, you're, NER an nurse and you're like, well, I don't really want to do forensic nursing, or maybe y'all don't have a program near you. There is no forensic. Yes. Maybe you'd want to educate yourself, you know, and go to the IAFN and look at their classes and say, okay, we don't have a community-based program. We don't, we're in the rural West Virginia or Canada, wherever. Um Completely. I'd like to know how to take care of these people
1: and not be scared about it. Yes. Yes. Wow. Yeah, that's really, and we have a lot of people who come to the organization and get that education for just that reason. So whether, you know, like the very North of Canada or a rural area or Alaska or any other remote area, um, you have a lot of people come take that education for the exact reasons you say. Yeah. So we've established you're in Canada,
0: you're running a program up there. We know many American nurses that are running programs down here. And you both, all the nurses I've talked to, talked to the International Association of Forensic Nursing. So does that, would could one conclude that forensic nursing in Canada is very similar to forensic nursing
1: in the States? From my experience, it has been. Um, you know, there's some differences because our healthcare system is a little bit different, but how I treat patients and how I assess them is the same. Um, the big difference I find is... Um, you know the systems are different. The funding is different, right? So in Canada, we have we don't pay for our healthcare. It's not based on insurance. Um, so that's probably where the main differences come in, maybe on how we're funded and how folks may may access.
0: That makes sense.
1: So are you all funded by I guess Canadian healthcare? Is that how you get your funding? Yeah, so much of it is is government funded. So I know in the US when I hear a lot of programs they are like applying for grants, and there's certainly some grants in Canada, but I don't think near the same magnitude or, or the same amount. So our hospitals and healthcare systems are usually provincially or federally funded. So either by the the province provincial system, or federally the whole country. um, That's how they're funded. So if any individual wants to go in and get healthcare, They don't have to worry about if they have insurance or not. They don't, we have what's called universal health care, which means people don't pay out of pocket for it, don't need to have insurance. So you go into the ER, you go see your doctor, you get what you need. So same when I'm assessing someone, whether that's for sexual assault, intimate partner violence, child maltreatment, whatever it is, there's none, you know, there's no billing, there's no talk about insurance or anything like that. So it definitely removes that layer. And as a coordinator... I'm guessing a lot of coordinators in the U.S. have to worry about this. There's no billing and payment I have to worry about after the exam. Right.
0: Yeah. I think that I've heard from other forensic nurses in the States that that can be a barrier for patients coming forward that sure. I have to pay for this. I don't want to pay for this. I kind of wish this would just go away, but they feel like they need to come in, but they don't want to pay. And it's that extra layer of stress that yes. they don't need and i think in the states i think it depends on where you go i think most of them are free but don't no one quote me on that please because i'm not the expert
1: yeah so well and there actually there is a lot of so actually if you go to the international association of forensic nurses there's actually a tab on there about exam payment so people can like look how it it works in their state right and so there's different acts i think in the united states that cover sexual assault examination so you're right people don't have to pay i think in general for it which is great um but yeah i'm fortunate that i don't have to worry about that or some folks just maybe don't want it on their insurance or um or they're not sure if it's covered right so um that's a barrier we definitely removed the other big difference is probably in our maybe testing and treatment so i don't have the determination of you know should i give someone prophylactic treatment for gonorrhea and chlamydia and should I test them or should I just give them the prophylactic treatment and not test them? Cause the testing's a cost here. We would do it all right. We would test them, give them prophylaxis. You so didn't. that part's maybe a little bit different.
0: Okay. I think it depends on where you were. Cause I, I was in DC and if I remember correctly, we tested and we treated if they wanted it, they could wait for the results if they
1: wanted to, but they didn't have to. Right. Yeah, I've seen a mix of programs do both, which is excellent. That you can also do testing as well and not have that barrier of cost. Yeah. So,
0: what advice would you give to a Canadian nurse who's like, "Hey, I want to get involved in that that specialty"? What would be your advice? I bet it's similar to here, but what, let's hear what the president mm. has to say.
1: no just just me so if they want to get into forensic nursing my advice would be for them to learn a little bit about the different domains of forensic nursing right because there's lots of different areas I think often we associate forensic nursing with sexual assault nurse examiners but there's folks uh, a forensic nurse basically someone who's caring for someone who's impacted by violence so you might see people after domestic violence sexual assault child abuse and neglect you might work in corrections you might work in forensic psychiatry you might be a medical legal death investigator so I think first kind of see what am I interested in so go to somewhere like the International Association of Forensic Nurses and learn about those different areas come to a conference and talk to some people doing the work and kind of see where your interest lies and then um, you know get some of that education I often tell folks as well it's usually a specialty that you want to have a good few years of solid experience under your belt as well. So whether you're working in the ER or medicine unit, uh, mental health unit, you know, reproductive health, whatever that might be, that's hugely beneficial as well, because you need such strong assessment skills, and you're usually working fairly independent. Yeah, I'm so glad you said that, because
0: I can, I confess, I am guilty of, making the bulk of what I talk about in forensic nursing as sexual assault nursing, but it is so vast. So that is my confession and my bad. And furthermore, I've had the second episode of this podcast was a coroner in South Carolina forensic nurse. And in fact, it's an elected position that in that county has to be a nurse.
1: Yes, that's right.
0: And you have to get elected and you can tell that she was not a politician, but you can tell she was used to speaking in
1: front of people. Yeah, for sure.
0: And it was so amazing. So I'm so glad that you said that. And also another thing that I'm so glad that you said is go to the conference. I feel like, and this isn't just for forensic nursing, because there's another specialty that I'm interested in. And what am I going to do? I'm going to go to the conference. I know one other person. Just go, and you'll shake hands, and you'll kiss babies, and you'll meet people, and don't be afraid. You'll learn so much. Does does
1: that sound like... it's so true and i know at our conference and i'm sure other ones are similar as well especially other specialties i've been to but that's where you really just kind of get to learn and you get really immersed in that specialty and what it's about and meet the people and get to ask questions that you're not necessarily going to get anywhere else um it's really different to be in person and have those sideboard conversations um so yeah i really do recommend it and i think for those of us who are in the profession or even if you're not in the profession It's kind of really refreshing and rejuvenating. It kind of re-energizes you to go there and see how excited people are about the practice and meet new people. So I highly recommend that, whether it's a forensic nursing conference or any other specialty that someone's interested in.
0: Yeah. So I think the IAFN conference is what, the last week in September or something like that? It
1: is. It's the last week of September. It starts on the Wednesday. And it goes until the Saturday, a half day. So it starts on, I believe the 27th. Yeah. Starts on the 27th and goes to uh, September 30th and it's in Phoenix, Arizona this year. And then next year, it's a little bit earlier. It's the last week of August, right before the long weekend. And next year we're in Denver, Colorado. Oh, so are you going to be there this year? I will be me and my baby you
0: you yeah we really will get to kiss babies i yeah, would yeah. Come, but i'm going to be out of town but i know um other forensic nurses that we know are going to be there they'll have their booth so yeah really excited so if you're going to go to the conference look for ashley look for say hi french, yeah come say hi french forensics is going to have a booth go say they hi will. to her go to these classes and learn and i Every conference that I've been to, your mind will be blown. It just opens, it opens, it opens. And that's what as professionals, you know, I feel like a lifelong learner and I feel like the best nurses are lifelong learners. So
1: yeah, I agree.
0: Yeah. Well, Ashley, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it.
1: You're welcome. Thank you for having me. It's been fun. Yes. And
0: actually side note, I think I'll air this the Tuesday before the conference oh that's great that's a great thing yes all right well thank you so much for coming on you're welcome thanks for having
1: me and i'll talk to you soon
0: all right i hope you enjoyed today's episode of the black sheep nurse podcast if you want more head on over to blacksheepnurse.com for show notes and resources from today's episode you can also join our email list and the website and have the link to weekly notes delivered directly to your inbox and if you're looking for more everyday fun and community, join us on Instagram at Black Sheep